Joined live in the studio by my friend, longtime investigative reporter, the best in the market. He's at Fox 6. He's Brian Polson. Brian, good to see you. Hey, John. Thanks for having me in here. I'm intrigued by what you have going on the next couple of nights. I always admire your work, and I consume it all, even if I have to watch it online. But we're talking about The Hop. And what did you decide to take a look at? What's kind of the focus of, let's begin with tonight. I've reported on the hop a number of times over the years. And the last time I think was was Mayor Barrett was still in office and he resigned in December of 2021. And I think it left the question of, okay, what's the future of the hop now? And last fall, October of 2022, this was brought up. The hop's future or its current sort of state of operations was brought up in budget hearings. Um, Alderman Scott Spiker actually recommended a cut in the streetcar budget to try to move some money over into paving projects. I decided at that time to look at what is being talked about behind the scenes because this wasn't being discussed in public meetings. The streetcar's future, are they still looking at expanding it? Where do those things stand? So we requested um, records, emails from the Department of Public Works. And it took them seven months to produce those emails uh, or a little more than six months to produce the emails. But when they did, there were more than a thousand that fit the search terms streetcar and extension. Wow. So there's been a lot of discussion, a lot of activity going on behind the scenes. And really tonight's story is looking at what are they talking about? What are the plans for expansion and what are the prospects of them actually funding this? That is so interesting. That Wow, that's a huge volume of email. So do you have people who go through that, or do you do it all? I, I, I go through that. I'm my people. Uh, and it's <laughs> they're long nights. Uh, my wife has seen me uh, glazing over at the computer a lot of times looking at these things. And a lot of it's tech. You know, some of it isn't what I'm necessarily interested yeah. in. It, it's technical reports. It's, it's things that have to do with parts replacements for some of the vehicles. Uh, but there is a lot of discussion that's been going on since Mayor Barrett left office about the future of streetcar extensions. And, and I actually broke the story a couple of years ago that they were secretly talking. I say secretly. It was a confidential report that hadn't been discussed in a public meeting where they talked about spending more than $300 million on streetcar extensions up north into Bronzeville, south into Walker's Point. And, of course, the Bronzeville extension would pass the convention center and Pfizer Forum. Um, they're still discussing that the price tag has gone up and it's probably even gone up since the records I received, uh, were the case because of inflation, construction costs, things like that. But, uh, one of the documents we found was, uh, a proposal, possible projects to submit to Joe Biden for the infrastructure plan that was being talked about the stimulus that included $1.2 billion in all sorts of various projects, 1.2 billion with a B. Three hundred and fifty three million of that was for streetcar extensions. Now, I don't know how many of those they actually submitted to try to get out of the stimulus plan. None of that money came to fruition in terms of the streetcar. But it also laid out the specific costs of these various extensions. Interesting. Where you guys are sitting right here uh, at the avenue. uh, This is one of the places it would go by. There's a a, I think it was about a seventy seven million dollar plan to come by here and head up. Vell Phillips Avenue to the convention center and up to Pfizer Forum. That's one of those legs. Another 124 million, I believe it is, 122 million to get up into Bronzeville and 154 million to go through the third ward and into Walker's Point. Obviously, that's a lot of money. More than $353 million. That's more than the police department's annual budget. So that's a lot. Wow. The question is where do they get that money? Any indicator we're close on any of this coming to fruition? 
really what you're going to find out in, in the story, if you watch it tonight, is they're nowhere close. And they have had a very difficult time securing federal funding, which is where a large portion of the funding would come from to expand the hop. It would come from federal grants. And the city has applied for a variety of federal grants through different programs dating back to 2009. We counted 13 different times they've requested federal money either from the Federal Transit Administration or through earmarks from Senator Baldwin mm-hmm. or uh, uh, Congresswoman Moore. And they have not received any of that money except one time. 2015, they got a $14 million grant for the long-delayed lakefront line, which you guys can see some of that construction yep. going on. It will connect to the couture when it is finished. That construction is going on, and they've got a deadline they've got to meet because that has to be done by a certain time later this year, or they lose more than a million dollars from that grant if it hasn't been spent. Does the federal government ever say why they're not accepting the grant or accepting, but, you know, approving the grant? I think they do. The question is, are we seeing that in some of these emails I've received? I did ask the Department of Public Works for some records of a debrief they had with the FTA after the last grant uh, was not approved. And, and here's the big thing. They're, they're, these are competitive grants. They're going up against other cities that have great ideas for projects, too. Um, but one of the things that I think has really held the city back, based on the notes I saw from that debrief, is they need to have the local match nailed down. And that's been an issue. Yeah. Um, that's And that's probably one of a number of reasons. There are other things they might need to shore up. It may well just be that other projects beat them out. But the local match has been an issue. And now that's an even bigger issue with the shared revenue proposal and a feature in that uh, there's a provision of the current, the most recent version of the shared revenue proposal that would prohibit the city of Milwaukee from using tax increment financing to fund that local match. And they say without TIF, they don't really have any way to fund a local match unless they can come up with some corporate sponsors who want to kick in that kind of money. So, Brian, this is such a polarizing issue in our city. And it's about more than just a streetcar. It's about politics. Does that play into the likelihood that this receives the adequate support that it needs to even have legs to potentially move forward? It's always been a political issue for whatever the reasons are. And if you look back, this goes back a long, long way back to federal money that sat around for a number of years as the city and the county and the state debated what to do with uh, with federal money for transit. And it sat for a long time, and eventually Mayor Barrett was able to get congressional approval of uh, a portion of that money that was sort of dwindling over the years to be put toward this initial loop of the streetcar. Of course, politics plays a part. And you look at Alderman, former Alderman Bob Donovan, who is now in the state assembly. Yep. Um, Alderman Bauman, who's a big supporter of the streetcar, says he's confident that it was Alderman Donovan that got that piece put in the shared revenue bill, uh, shared revenue proposal to prohibit the city from using tax increment wow. financing. We know that Bob Donovan spoke out against expansion of the streetcar when he ran for mayor. He lost. Now he's in the state assembly, yep. and he and his fellow Republicans have some power. They have some leverage over the city of Milwaukee here. He believes Bob Donovan put it in there. Uh, Representative Donovan told me he's not going to take credit for that, but he didn't exactly say he didn't agree with it. Not only is that amount of money staggering that we're discussing that it would cost to have these route extensions, but what would also be the timing on that? How long would it take to construct all these additional routes? Well, there are certain parts that they they deem so-called shovel-ready. And and one of those uh, is the extension that would go to the Wisconsin Center, to the convention center, right past this building. 
that is 90% designed. So they could turn that fairly quickly within maybe a couple of years. The other projects, I think out to Pfizer Forum is 30% designed right now. Out to Bronzeville and down into Walker's Point, they really don't have any significant work done. Those are years down the road, even if they can come up with the the funding packages. So those aren't going to happen anytime soon. All right. So tonight, what we've been discussing, tomorrow night, the likelihood that maybe they start to charge people to ride it. It's on Fox 6. What time tonight, Brian? Tonight at 9 o'clock. Tonight, 9 o'clock. Check it out. I will definitely be watching. Brian Polson, Fox 6 investigative reporter. Always great stuff. Good to have you here. Thanks, Thanks for Brian. having me. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. I'm just a traveler on this earth. Travel Secretary Ann Sayers is with us on WTMJ. And good afternoon. Good afternoon, team. How are you? Oh, man, so good. It's good to hear your voice. We love when you're with us. It's June already, and it's kind of festival season. Summer is when our celebratory spirit really comes alive in Wisconsin, and we have so many events and a bunch of really fun ones here in June. And I'm telling you, this first event that you're going to tell us about in Wauwatosa is such a celebration of creativity and fun. It is. It is so, so cool. So you can be part of it. This is an up-and-coming event. It's Art 64. It happens in Wauwatosa this weekend. It is a live performance painting tournament. Last year was a really successful event, so this Art 64 is returning to gorgeous downtown Wauwatosa this Friday, June 9th, Saturday, June 10th. 64 artists will compete against each other in a bracket-style tournament. So you get to enjoy watching as artists craft original artwork in less than an hour. Then you vote on your favorites and they advance to the next round. So while all artists are compensated for participating, the last one standing is going to claim the grand prize, which is $20,000. And then the streets will be closed for this. So it's easy to stroll through downtown Wabatosa. You can check out the shops and the restaurant while there's a little downtime between the painting rounds. I mean, it just sounds like a perfect outing. Oh, my gosh. And $20,000. That is real. <laughs> that sounds so fun. It's kind of like brackets, like March Madness for painting, <laughs> but kind of June yeah. Madness over the weekend. But yeah, to stroll and just see all these local it's artists so in their creativity. I just love this one, Ann. Me too. Ellsworth yeah. Cheese Curd Festival. Let's head to Pierce County. You gotta love this one, too. Mm-hmm. So Ellsworth celebrates its title as the Cheese Curd Capital of Wisconsin by throwing the very aptly named Cheese Curd Festival each June. This year's festival honors the squeakiest of cheeses on June 23rd and 24th. It's two days full of live music, a vendor area that's part farmer's market, part craft fair, and, of course, a whole lot of cheese curds. So you can visit a Cheese Curd Central booth to order either deep-fried cheese curds or fresh cheese curds. And you have to try the cinnamon sugar dessert curds. They were invented right here at the Ellsworth Cheese Curd Oh, that sounds good. (laughs) Only place you can get them. (laughs) I know. I have to try these. Then if for those of you looking for more food experiences, you can purchase tickets to one of the festival's tasting events. The Craft and Curd Tasting has, um, has you judge which of the six competing local breweries came up with the best beer and cheese curd pairing. And at the block party, sample cheeses of all kinds from across Wisconsin and guest cheese experts are on hand to answer any of your questions. There's even a milk and cookies pairing and an ice cream tasting <laughs> to help show off the versatility of our dairy industry. 
Oh, that is a belly full of fun at the Cheese Curd Festival. I'm so happy right now. That <laughs> Just talking so about great. it, it's mouthwatering. Exactly. So from uh, the belly full in Pierce County, what can we find in Baraboo in June? I mean, a whole other unique event just for Wisconsin. The streets of Baraboo are going to take on a circus atmosphere later this month. The Big Top Parade and Circus Celebration returns to the city's historic and beautiful downtown. This is on Saturday, June 24th. The event celebrates the heritage and history of the circus in Baraboo, which is the hometown of the Ringling Brothers. So you can find a spot along the route in advance of the parade. It kicks off at 11. You'll see historic gilded circus wagons, marching bands, community floats, and more. This year's parade theme is Go West. So you can expect a lot of creative country, Western-inspired floats. And then when the parade wraps up, you're going to want to head over to Circus World itself to catch one of the two big top circus performances happening under the tent in the afternoon of Saturday, June 24th. And when you're in town, consider exploring the Circus World Museum. It is extensive. It has fascinating collections and just tell the story of the circus in Wisconsin. It sounds so much fun, and this sounds like such great stuff. I'm on the website right now, TravelWisconsin.com. The 2023 Travel Guide is available. There's an official state highway map. There's a biking guide. There are so many cool resources on the website. We can hardly keep up with all the things we want to tell you about. There is just so much to do, and you're in the right place. TravelWisconsin.com is going to give you everything you need to know. And, yeah, if you need guides, maps, other things, we'll send them to you for free. Do you stay at home at all during the summer? Or are you out doing something fun and cool all the time? <laughs> I looked at my June calendar and about fainted. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Ann Sayers is the travel secretary. Check out the website. It is TravelWisconsin.com. And always so much fun. Thank you so much. Same thing. So all day long, we've been talking about the really bad air quality, the smoke on the East Coast, New York City with the worst air quality they have had since the 1960s because of those wildfires that are burning in Canada and the smoke is drifting everywhere. I mean, it's atrocious in the East Coast. Uh, My heart's in the East Coast because my daughter Amy lives in New York City and she is with us this afternoon. Ames, how are you? Hi, Papa John. I'm doing well. How are you? Good. (laughs) It's so nice to hear your voice. How are things there? Talk talk about, uh, are you outside or inside? I'm outside right now wearing a mask, so sorry if it gets a little muffled. It is apocalyptic feeling here. Wow. All right. Describe it. What do you mean? Um, especially earlier today, it's it, the air just has this weird tinge to it. It has a smell like and, and kind of a taste. It's smoky. It was so dark earlier. I was looking outside of my office and it was, it felt like the air almost looked brown. It was so dark, yellow, orange. Amy, when did you first notice that it looked this bad, this kind of apocalyptic and scary and dangerous? Yesterday. So as I was leaving my office, I saw a little window outside and I thought, that's weird. It looks like it's yellow out. You know, sometimes on a really nice day, you can see how bright it is, or if it's overcast, it looks gray. I thought it's yellow. That is so strange. I don't know what's going on. Does it smell like a bonfire, Ames, or does it smell different? <laughs> different? <laughs> I would say, I, would, I mean, I don't have a dog's nose, but I would say it's a little bit different. That's the closest thing I can relate it to, though. 
All right, speaking of your dog, so you have a dog, Daisy. I was thinking about this earlier. Are you walking the dog? Are you concerned about the dog? I am. Um, Yeah, it's especially because her nose is stronger than ours is. So far, she's seemed kind of fine. She still wants to go out, but it is definitely a concern. Amy, are you noticing less people outside in such a busy city like New York? Um, yeah, a little bit. The roads seem um, normal when driving. I mean, I haven't been in any of the really busy areas, but at least in our neighborhood, I mean, no one's hanging out outside and it's otherwise such a beautiful day. And this time of year, usually people are. So that's definitely strange. What are some other instructions you're getting to take care of yourself in this environment? It's largely been stay inside, try not to go out if you have to. Um, Recommended that you wear a face mask if you do go outside. Um, Unfortunately, that's really the main things I've seen. I was trying to Google it earlier today as I saw this orange outside world. And there wasn't really much more information than that, unfortunately. My daughter Amy is with us from New York. All right, Ames, so you ride your bike to work occasionally, which makes your mom and I very, very nervous, by the way. <laughs> is, is that out of the question right now because of the air quality? Oh, absolutely. No way. Absolutely no way. Do you think the subway is less crowded? Do you think people are using this as an opportunity to work at home because of the hybrid world that we live in? I would guess. So, although we were talking about it at work today, and a lot of times in these corporate buildings, they have really high-grade commercial air filters. So, I think in a lot of cases, people are probably safer in their office than they are actually in their work. It's just a matter of getting there, and getting there can be quite arduous. I mean, I just think the air always stinks in New York, but this is a whole new level. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Doesn't smell like garbage. It smells like bonfires instead right now. I I guess so. <laughs> Neither is pleasant. Yeah, that's true. That could be much of a rooftop view, and I'm assuming <laughs> no one is encouraging grilling on top of uh, all the smoke that's already out. Oh, gosh. Although, to be fair, if someone did grill, you know, normally you smell it. If anyone smelt it now, we would just think, all right, that's just how the air is. So you might be able to get away with it. <laughs> so uh, the Yankees, uh, that guy you live with who's misguided when it comes to baseball, is a Yankees <laughs> fan. And the game's been postponed due to the wildfire smoke, which is just crazy. Are other activities being impacted? Yeah, I saw that Mayor Adams had enacted something saying that all outdoor activities are canceled, um, at least for today. Um, What are you having for dinner? Um, Well, we will not be going out. (laughs) I can tell you that. Um, Probably pizza, something we can just put together easily. Man, stay safe. Your mom's going to be very proud that you're wearing a mask. Yay. Yeah. I, I, will, <laughs> I mean, Amy, is there anything that you wish you could do that you're just really not going to do because of this smoke for the next couple of days, for sure? Yes, actually. Today is World Running Day, and I'm a big runner, and I can't celebrate this big day in the way that it's meant to be celebrated because I just can't be, I, I can barely breathe outside, let alone run and, you know, be breathing that air in. That's a great point. They say tomorrow's going to also be really bad, and then they're hoping that afterwards, uh, by the weekend, it starts to get a little better for you. Oh, hopefully. Fingers crossed. That would be great. All right. Keep that mask on. Thanks for joining us. Good to talk to you. (laughs) Thanks. Love you. Love you, too.
It's 4.55 at WTMJ. Never miss a single moment from Wisconsin's afternoon news. Thanks to Guy's Garage Doors. I think that's the first time I ever told a guest I love you. <laughs> I bet you've told Major Garrett that at least well, once. You, I do. you got a bromance going I, I, there. That, you're right about that. You can listen to our show anytime you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, WTMJ.com, and more. Check it all out from the big interviews, the serious topics, to the fun conversations. Right at your fingertips, the Wisconsin Afternoon News Podcast presented by Geist Garage Doors. Don't think twice. Call Geist.